and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor here at Horse and Hound. Well, this summer is definitely running away from us and I can't believe it's nearly time for the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials. It's going to be a really special one to be back at that event after three years away. We'll start our preview by speaking to five-time Burley winner Andrew Nicholson about his experiences at the event, from an inauspicious debut to scaling the heights with three wins in a row with Avery. Yeah, for any horse to win a, a five-star event three times is very, very impressive. And, you know, to be Burley, where it is a proper workout for them, um, yeah, I was just so proud of him and what he had done for me and what he had done for the, the sport. I'll then be speaking to some of my horse and hound colleagues about who we're tipping for the top honours this year and our favourite Burley memories. I have vivid memories of finishing school, sprinting through this little back gate, running across the park in my school uniform to try and catch the end of the trot up. So I've got a real love affair with Burley and there's definitely been a Burley shaped hole in my life for the past three years. So we've got plenty of goodies to bring you today. Take that final course walk and let's get started. I'm delighted to welcome our guest on this week's podcast. He is one of the greats of our sport, a badminton champion, Olympic and world medalist, and most relevantly for this podcast, a five-time Burley winner. It is, of course, Andrew Nicholson. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Pepper. It's a pleasure to be chatting to you. So we are going to talk about all of those Burley wins and the horses who you rode to those successes. But first of all, I thought we should spin back the clock to your very first Burley. And I believe that was in 1983 on a horse called Terrape. Am I right? Could you tell us a bit about him? <laughs> His name's Terrapai. I thought um, I probably had said it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time ago. Luckily, I can't remember that far back. No, I, I shouldn't have been there. Um, I wasn't good enough. I fell off very early on, so I learned very quickly that Burley was not the place you turn up at if you're not up to that level. Um, yeah, I didn't go back for a few more years. And then once I did start going back, things changed around to be very different. Yeah, and your first win was 12 years after that in 1995 on Buckley Province. And obviously, you had, as you say, had a few years practice there and, and, and riding different horses around the track. But Buckley Province, I think, was a little, a little thoroughbred horse. Tell us his story. How did you come to, to sort of ride him? He, he was ridden by Lynn Bevan originally. And I think Lynn had broken her collarbone or something just before badminton that year and I was asked if I would ride Buckley Province at badminton and I think Toddy rode Horton Point which was her other horse. I couldn't ride Buckley Province, um, they wouldn't let me swap over and Todd rode the other one Horton Point and won badminton on it. I then was approached to see if I'd be happy to ride Buckley Province. Must have been just after badminton, um, which I happily said yes and went on and won, won quite a bit with him. He was a very nice horse and Lynn had done a beautiful job in producing him. He wasn't, he wasn't the bravest 
horse in the world. He, you know, needed a little bit more speed than what perhaps you really wanted to at some things to make up for his courage, but he was very genuine, very, very small, a proper fine little thoroughbred, but a very good galloper and he could jump and it was a pleasure to, to ride after Leonard trained him. Yeah, you've got good memory there, Andrew. It was in 94 that um, Toddy rode Horton Point, Lynn's other horse. So I think there was there was kind of like a, it must have been a year's gap where maybe you took on Buckley Province in 94 after that badminton, then won Burley the, the following year. But um, but uh, definitely... Yeah, he went, f- first he went to Germany. I, I rode him in a place called Axelswang, which would be the equivalent to Four Star Long now. And he, he won there. And then... The following spring, I think he went to Samur and was second or something there. Then I went to Badminton, Burley, Burley, that autumn. I think that was it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like we've got the right timeline. And yeah. obviously, that was your first win at as was four star, now five star. Did it mean a lot to you to get that get that victory under your belt? Yeah, for sure it did. You know, as you're coming up through the levels, you each win you get internationally. You keep thinking of, you know, maybe that's put me up on the top and then you'd realise the week later when you're sitting on your backside somewhere that it hasn't really put you on the top. You're still climbing the ladder. Um, but you know, to win to win Burley there, I kept thinking it can't be possible just before the jumping that I could actually win this. And, you know, once as you win it, it's you realise it's is real but you know how long can this last and luckily I could keep the momentum going and I then started to realize what you had to do to win big events and you know the sort of horsepower you need and started to change a lot of what I did in the day-to-day stuff um, to try and keep myself striding forward. Yeah that's interesting that once you sort of had that had had attained that level you knew more what you needed what you needed to do and it was only five years on then that you won the event again with Mr Smithy and he was quite a different type to Barclay Province I think he was quite a strong horse wasn't he yes um Smithy was a bit of a, a, a turn up for the form book really to to win when he won I, I started just riding him for a bit of a joke because I I knew the horse when he was five years old. He had been at my place for a couple of months in the winter with Lucy Vigisma around him and she came to me for a few months in the winter to work a bit with me and she sold him to I think Rodney Power I think brought him. He wasn't a very nice supple horse to sit on when he was five. He's quite rigid in his body and I was quite surprised Rodney brought it and he was quite difficult in his mouth. And I used to see him at the competitions and see him getting stronger and stronger. And a few years later, Kenneth, like Kenneth, who's not with us anymore, Kenneth Clawson and Paul rang me to see if I'd be interested in riding him at the competitions. And it was at a stage when the foreign riders based in the UK were getting a little bit of grief for riding too many British-owned horses. So I snapped at the chance to be riding one for the the British eventing show jumping coach, Kenneth Glawson. 
that's why I started riding Smithy and for sure he was strong. He didn't feel like he had a lot of respect for whatever he was headed at. But, you know, I happily rode him and yeah, off he went and won, won barely. And that was the year that um, I think you had a, 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 an incredible save at the Waterloo Rails, is that right? Uh, I think he just nudged the top rail and just set me up his neck a little bit, but he was very good to pick me back up and we carried on. <laughs> just put just put you off his neck a little bit, nothing to write home about, carried on. He then went back the next year and I think he was in the lead after the cross country and I had one rail down in the show jumping. I could have this wrong, but I think we had to do two rounds of show jumping and I dropped down to third and then I went clear in the second round and moved up to second. Yeah, so he'd, he'd been quite a surprise winner but went back the next year and almost won it again. That is an interesting segue into the horse that, um, that the, who, who, who is your next Burley winner because if Mr Smithy had won that, he would have become the first horse to win Burley more than once, which is an accolade that actually ended up going to Avebury, who you won with in 2012, 2013 and 2014. It's quite remarkable that he's not only the first horse to win Burley more than once, but he did it three times consecutively. It's such a, such a feat and I think we should have a good talk about him because you really had him right from before the start of his life because you bred him. Tell us tell us about that, Andrew. Tell us sort of what the start of his story was, how you came to breed him, who was his dam? Okay, I, I brought a, his mother at the racing sales, um, the horses in, in and out of training sales. I used to go to them regularly and buy anything that was in my price racket, which was pretty low. His mother had, she'd run on the flat and run over hurdles without any success and was a nice looking grey mare, quite smallish. Um, they're all brought, you know, without a vet certificate, you take your chance. And I think the day we brought her, I brought six all together. And the, the next day I would have my vet would come in and just look at their eyes and listen to their heart and watch them trot up and down, see what sort of damage we had picked up. And um, she had very bad cataracts in her eyes. So straight away, I think I've lost my 700 quid or whatever I'd paid for her. But I started riding her. She was lovely to ride. I did four events on her. She won a novice event on her, something like a 13 or 14 dressage. It was a very nice jumper. I suddenly got hit with a big rates bill for the stabling. And they said to me, if I was a stud, my rates would be altered. And I was riding Jumbo at the time, doing a very famous stay, and he went on to me. I said to the rating officer, if you come back in a year's time, I'll have a foal. So that's what I did with the mayor, was put her in foal to Jumbo, and Avebury's turned up. <laughs> I halved, love that. Halved the rates. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you bred a, fi a triple five-star winner, uh, essentially as a, as a rates dodge, if I can call it that. Yeah. Um, and and then, uh, I then gave um, the mother, Memento, to Mark Chamberlain, who liked breeding horses, and she is the grand dam, I think, of Dreamline, who's just won the British Open with Oliver. 
Yeah, of course, <laughs> no, the Chamberlains bred that horse, but didn't quite realise that um, yeah, yeah, second generation. Memento, yeah. That is quite the story about Avebury's dam Memento also being the granddam of our current British national champion Dreamliner. I'm definitely going to keep hold of that little fact. And <laughs> <laughs> when you first bred him, you actually sold him as a young horse, didn't you? You didn't, didn't keep hold of him and think he was going to be a superstar. He was sold on. Well, I've always sold everything I've owned in the horse department. Um, and when I broke him in, he was very nice, very, very easy, nice mover, nice jumper. Um, and Wiggy had a, a friend who wanted a horse for show jumping. Nicola had been out of jumping for a few years and wanted to get back into jumping, so she wanted a nice young horse and she brought him and he show jumped for two years and then we brought him back again. And you know, the rest is history. He's, he's a very strange horse to do so well at Burley when Burley is a very, very difficult galloping track. They have to be very good stayers and a good galloper. And he's quite small and quite stocky. And yet he used to go around Burley inside the time as if he was just going for a hack in the countryside. Um, and it, it always fascinated me how he could excel around Burley. And it, it used to feel like he was just cruising around it. That's really interesting, isn't it? Do you think, I'm sure I remember you at some point, Andrew, saying that actually Nereo found Burley quite a difficult place, although he did well there because he had a long stride and going up and down the hills that made it quite hard work for him and do you think there's anything in the fact that as you say Avery was a smaller horse and that sort of nippiness made it easier for him to to excel at Burley? Uh, I think also the ups and downs made him concentrate a bit more whereas Nereo after one minute the moment you hit the the undulating bits I would feel him sort of say to me well, why have you brought me to this place again and Nereo is very very honest but he used to make it feel very hard work for the first half. Whereas Avery was the opposite. You'd do the first minute on the flat bit and then get to the ups and downs and he would suddenly feel like the turbos kicked in and he's as happy as could be to be back there. So he, he was quite a little thinker, Avery, and, and very clever. So whether the roller coaster feeling made him think he needs at an amusement park, I'm not sure. <laughs> and um, looking back on those three Burley wins with him, do you have a sort of a favourite moment, a favourite memory? Was it the first one? Was it getting that third one in the, in the bag? What would be your, your, your best, best memories looking back on those three wins with him? The, the, the third one. Um, you know, for any, any horse to win a, a five-star event three times is very, very impressive. And... You know, to be Burley, where it is a proper workout for them. Um, yeah, I was just so proud of him and what he had done for me and what he had done for the, the sport and the, the Barlow family. Yeah, because his owners, Rosemary, Rosemary Barlow, such a loyal supporter of you and of the sport. Just tell us a little about sort of her contribution to, to, to your career, Andrew. Rosemary sent me a horse called Spinning Rumbus, who's was famous for all the wrong sort of reasons, really. He came to me because he used to buck and was very naughty, and he was meant to be for Camilla, their daughter, I think.
think he was five when he came to me. And he came for two weeks and he lent up staying at my place for probably nearly four years before he went back for his winter break. And he was naughty and was like a fat little pony when I first started riding him. And he lent up going to Olympics, World Games, badminton, Burley, all sorts of things. And he started off just coming to me for a month to get the bucking out of him and to get him going so Camilla could do pony club on him. And Rosemary is, she's stuck with me ever since. Yeah, and Rosemary, of course, such a huge contributor to the sport in other ways as well. I think her tent at events was famous for a long time as a place where owners and riders could sort of mingle and relax and, and watch the competition. Um, so amazing for her to have Avery, who had such success at Burley. Andrew, just thinking about Burley as a competition, what is it that makes it such a, such a special event? What is it that's unique about Burley? I always feel it has a, a very country feel about it whether you're at the trade stands, up at the dressage, cross country. Yeah, it's, it's got a very relaxed feel about it, the place. Whereas badminton is, whether it's because badminton's at the start of the season and everyone's just come out of the winter and it all feels a bit more pressurized and the feeling at Burley from the moment I would arrive down at the stabling, the lorry park, it has a very different feel about it um, and yeah that's what's has struck me about the, the place every time I've been there. Yeah and of course it's always such a tough cross-country test and we've touched on that already. New course designer this year in Derek de Grazia. Do you have much experience or knowledge of Derek courses Andrew? Have you ridden many of them, seen many of them? No I, I haven't ridden many. I'm not quite sure if he did Lexington or not when I rode there um, but I yeah I wouldn't be quite sure if I have done any but I've seen a couple of them and whatever he does you can't change the terrain at Burley it's I, I would think the terrain at Burley for a course designer is perfect it's got everything with it and then you you know it's very easy to make things a little harder by the terrain between the fences, which not a lot of places have it. And Burley has it and spades of it. So it's, I'm sure he will do a, a top job. The, the courses I've seen him do where I've watched them on the, the television, they look like they ride very well. I used to see Derek ride years ago. He was a very nice rider. He'd be a very good horseman. And I'm convinced he'll do a very good job. And I'm sure he'll have Mark guiding him along as well. Yeah, Mark Phillips there, who uh, is just retired as the course designer. I've just yeah. done a quick bit of Googling, Andrew. And actually, Derek was the course designer when you won Kentucky in 2013. So uh, okay. you have a, yeah. a, little, a little bit of Derek affinity there from that year. Good. Yeah. Must have done a good job. <laughs> he did a good job. You did a good job. And will you be at Burley this year? Have you got any any anyone you're helping or anything like that? Yeah, no, I hope to, to be up. I'm not sure which days yet, but um, yeah, no, I'd very much like to go up and watch and be a spectator and enjoy enjoy the occasion.
Yeah. And of course, just a couple of weeks later, we have the World Championships in Protoni and you have your role working with the Swiss team, particularly on the cross country side now, which is fascinating. And it's great to see that nation really improving and, and coming through as a real force on the world stage. Are you looking forward to that World Championships and, uh, and, and that team role? Yeah, very much. Um, they've been going well all year and I head off to Harris Le Pen tomorrow morning they're competing out there. That's their last run before the Worlds, like it is for most of the European countries. So they, you know, they don't have to win too much there. They just have to, you know, get their horses a run round, get them fully prepared for the World Games. They've done well in their two Nation Cups this year, which were our main targets. So the the goal is in France is just to you know, blow the cobwebs out of the system for them and give them a, a good run round ready for the worlds. We don't have a, a lot of horsepower or a lot of riders, but the ones we have do a very good job. They're very experienced with their horses and I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I very much enjoy working with them. Yeah, and of course, a Swiss winner of a five-star earlier this year in, in Felix Vogue at Le Moulin. And although that's not a team event, it must be rewarding to see that sort of success coming through for those riders at, at individual events as well and building that experience and competitiveness. It is. It's you know, very, very exciting that Felix winning Le Moulin helps the other riders in the Swiss as well. You know, they now got into the winning uh, mood one one Nadia won the four star long two weeks before three weeks before Lemuland Robin won the four star long the week after Lemuland so that you know it, it's it rubs off on each other when one starts winning that they're all got competitive the ones we have now and they're wanting to win things not just turn up and get the t-shirt they're wanting to win things which is what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. Andrew referring there to Nadja Minda and Robin Godel's wins. And we've seen the Swiss being competitive and really close to a medal at the Europeans last year. And I think they'll be, I was going to say that they'll be dark horses at the Worlds, but I think that's almost a bit insulting. I think they're better than dark horses. They're now a team that we know about and they really are ones to watch out in Protoni. Best of luck for that, Andrew. We look forward to seeing how they get on. By the time people are listening to this, we'll be through that Nations Cup in Harass du Pain um, and uh, in, in that final build-up to the World Championships. But um, I hope that, that that goes well for you. And thank you so much for joining us today to relive those Burley memories. Yeah, hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll have some Swiss ones at Burley for you. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, pleasure. Throughout the year, Horse and Hound sends reporters out to all the biggest events in the equestrian calendar to cover the action for our weekly magazine and our website at horseandhound.co.uk. The coverage we bring you on these two platforms is different. The weekly magazine provides your comprehensive curated roundup. We reflect back on the big wins and analyse all the results with insight from our team and experts in the industry. Meanwhile, on our website, we bring you the news as it happens. We speak to the riders as they leave the arena and report their thoughts in lightning quick time, covering all the biggest stories as they unfold and often producing 10 or more stories every day online from a big show. The first five articles you read on our website are free each month and beyond that you need to buy a subscription. 
The cost of this reflects the fact that we need a bigger team at events when we are creating extra articles on our website and not only producing a magazine report. To buy a Horse and Hound website subscription, visit horseandhound.co.uk and click subscribe or for great value, in the same place you can buy a combined magazine and website subscription. We know that magazine subscribers are our most loyal audience and we really value your ongoing and vital contribution to our business. Therefore, if you are already a magazine subscriber, the cost to upgrade your subscription to include full website access is minimal. Call 0330 333 1313 to find out more. So I'm joined now by what I am calling Horse and Hounds 2022 Five Star Dream Team because I have the same colleagues coming to Burley with me who were at badminton earlier in the year. We have Lucy Elder, Martha Terry and Gemma Redrup and I'm so delighted that we've got that team again for the British Autumn Five Star Classic and we're going to have a quick chat now about Burley and predict some winners and so on. So Lucy, I'm going to come to you first for my first question and and we are going to start by talking about our earliest Burley memories. Oh, Obviously, you gosh. and Gemma are both local girls. So I think these might be quite different for you to me, for example. But uh, <laughs> Lucy, we're going to come to you first. Your first Burley memory, please. My first Burley memory. I've got a lot of memories of Burley. It's like you said, I grew up near here and have a lot of memories of sneaking out of school at the end of the day and um, through the little gate into the park um but my very very earliest burly memory would have been kind of in the mid 90s and it was a really really wet year and i just remember being a very very small person trying to climb the slope um out of what's defender valley this year up towards herbert's hollow and i don't think i thought i was going to get to the end of it it was so muddy um but oh burly is an event i hold in such dear place in my heart i think it really is why why I love eventing really because I've grown up with it. How about you Pippa? Well Mine's, mine is quite different. Mine is quite late in my love of eventing because Burley is not an event that was really part of my 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 equestrian background growing up. It's a bit further from home for me um, than badminton, for example, being a Surrey girl. So mine is from my first year as being Horse and Hounds eventing editor, which was in 2005. So it was in the summer that I moved across from eventing magazine to Horse and Hound to take on the job of eventing editor. So Burley was the first sort of big five star that I put the pages to press for. I wasn't writing the report, but I was the sub editor in charge of the pages. I got to choose all the pictures. I have responsibility for all those pages going through and it was a big deal. And during the week before the event, for some reason, we were given two extra pages to put into the magazine that week. There were some changes in the ads or whatever. It happens quite a lot. And our acting editor at the time was Mark Hedges, who is now extremely well known as the uh, editor of Country Life. But our editor was on maternity leave. Mark was in charge and he said, I'm giving you these two pages to do something with the Burley report. I don't just want more words and pictures don't just fill it with more in the same do something interesting with them I don't care what you do but do something interesting so this was like another whole extra pressure <laughs> on my shoulders and um, at that time we didn't tend to do what we do now which is to open those special reports with a really big picture we sort of just dived on in with the sort of more normal sized uh, lead picture and, and it's straight into the words so I decided that what we were going to do is we were going to open the Burley report on uh, on a whole spread of pictures and uh, what it was was that what we ended up doing was William Foxpit won the event on Balancula and I chose four pictures of Balancula so there was one in each phase and then one at the end that was a presentation picture or William with the trophy and I wrote a headline that I remember involved a lot of C's it was like 
confident, cool, mystical conquers or something. It was playing on William being a real cool customer. And I thought it was the coolest thing I had ever done. Um, but it was probably quite naff. But uh, I just remember it, uh, that it was such a big deal for me to do those pages and, uh, and, and, and look after that report in 2005. So that's my earliest burly memory. Gemma, I'm coming to you next, the other local girl. What's your earliest burly memory? Yeah, well, like you say, I grew up uh, 10 minutes from Burley and my early, well, I can't really call it a memory, but I've been to Burley every year since the year I was born in 1990s. So my parents carried me around when I was four months old and I've not missed a, a running of Burley since. But I was a member of the Burley Pony Club from the age of six and my dad is heavily involved with farming the agricultural land on the Burley estate and in the park. And I remember in my late teenage years doing some tractor driving for him and trying to spy as many of the fences as I could as I was trundling through the park. And um, yeah, 1990, I think the first year was when marked he marked hard one on face the music but as lucy's referred to we both went to the same school we actually sat next to each other in french for five years as well <laughs> lucy and i so we go back quite a long way but there was this little like she said this little back gate and god forbid we had to start school before burley each september and i have a vivid memories of a handful of times finishing school, sprinting through this little back gate straight into the park, running across the park in my school uniform to try and catch the end of the trot up. So it's I've got a real love affair with Burley and there's definitely been a Burley-shaped hole in my life for the past three years in the first week of September. So yeah, I can't wait to go back. I have this feeling that you and Lucy spent more time in French talking about eventing than you did learning your French. <laughs> well, my French is all right, actually, Piffa, and I think Lucy's is too. So, yeah, maybe, but I, I mean, I, I mean, I never see either of you diving to interview the French riders in French. <laughs> well, no, but that's because we have Martha, who's fluent. So That's true. Martha is our fluent French speaker at Horse and Hound. Martha, we want your earliest Burley memory, please. Oh, I love all these memories from all you local girls going through the back gate. Um, I feel I've got no claim on it after that, but I might have gone to Burley before you, maybe. Um, and because I'm from Suffolk, Burley was actually the big B for us, not Babington. That was where, you know, all us little pony clubbers, we would go up there and get completely overexcited. And I remember going with my, my Essex and Suffolk pony club friends and sort of going around the jumps and thinking, oh, Poppy could jump this if it was just the bottom rail, you know, how you do in those days. <laughs> And actually, in those days, you could actually get into the Cottesmore Leap, which was so vast. You know, you could put like 15 of us in there and um, there would still be room to spare. And I've still got a photo album. I remember the year that Andrew Nicholson won on Buckley Province. And I've got a picture of him at the Cottesmore Leap. And, and I, I had a single-use camera. And you can imagine how awful the photos are. <laughs> I got them all sort of stuck into my little scrapbook. So such happy memories. I'm so excited to be going back there. Ah, oh, well, we're all definitely looking forward to going back to Burley. Let's have another memory question. I want you to pick out a favourite winner or a favourite year of the competition. We're going to mix it up, Gemma, and come to you first this time. Oh, I'm so glad I got to go first because I feel like mine might be a popular answer. But my favourite winner would have to be 2003 when Pippa Funnel won the final leg of the Rolex Grand Slam eventing on Primoire's Pride. And... Um, yeah, I remember being sat in the stands and the show jumping with mum. And I think Zara, as she was then, Phillips went in in the lead on Toy Town, but um, had some faults in the show jumping and the place just erupted. And although I was only 13 at the time, I still remember, and I think it's popped up on my Facebook recently, actually, of the video of her winning round there. And I'm like, oh, God, that was only a couple of years ago. And of course, it's only 20 years ago now, which makes me feel quite old. But for me, that was that was really special. 
Yeah, definitely. It is, as you say, nearly 20 years ago, unbelievably. Uh, Lucy, I'm going to come to you next. I agree with Gemma. Um, that year, the 2003 year, will forever live long in my memory as being one of the most special moments, not just in Burley, but I think in sport, really. Um, but I'm actually going to pick another one as my uh, to talk about, which is Caroline Powell and Lenamore in 2010. I just think that their partnership is one of the most special things in eventing that I've I've witnessed, and I really love the way that they tackled that cross country course and seeing what it meant to Caroline as well to win. They were just such burly heroes for me that year, and I yeah I will remember that one for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I, that was one of the ones I was considering uh, considering picking. Um, and the, uh, the the kind of follow brilliant follow on to that story was that Lexi McKinnon, who uh, who co-owned Lenamore with her mother, um, and produced him up to sort of the, the the now four star, then three star level herself, and I think maybe even started at Burley on him. She uh, was is a, a a friend a friend of mine and uh, someone we used to hang out with a bit in London. And uh, she got married a couple of weeks after Burley, and Lenamore made an appearance. So she's Lexi Jackson now. But um, I think it was an incredible autumn for Lexi having that Burley win and then and then getting married. It was a pretty uh, a pretty special one. Martha, your favourite winner or year of the competition? Oh, they're just. I mean, if you look at the Burley Roll of Honour, you think there were just so many great horses that have won it, um, and I thought it was really hard to pick one. But I I always adored Tamarillo. I just loved how capricious he was and how. He could win. He could win anything, and he should have won so much more. But how wonderful that he did win Burley. Um, he won it in two thousand and eight when he was about sixteen, and it was really muddy and wet. And he was just that amazing horse that could just bounce off the mud. It was extraordinary. Whereas everyone else was floundering. Um, it was just you know what a wonderful kind of end to his his career to to win it four years after he won Badminton. Yeah, he really was a horse who always rose to the top when the conditions were tough. And it was like he had this extra gear when other people were struggling, wasn't it? Yeah, he's beautiful. Um, I am going to pick 2006. Um, it's also a Grand Slam year, a nearly Grand Slam year, because Andrew Hoy was going for a uh, to complete the Grand Slam at uh, Burley that year. And he led going into the final show jumping at Burley on Moonfleet, but ended up having 12 faults. So he lost the Rolex Grand Slam and victory went to Lucinda Fredericks on Headley Britannia, who I actually worked for in my gap year as a working pupil. It was her first five-star win with that very special little mare. And and um, so, yeah, one I will always remember that um, it was so close to the Grand Slam for Andrew, but ended up being Lucinda and, and, and that little mare who certainly no one ever dreamt would even be a five-star horse when uh, when I was there as a working pupil with Lucinda. Um, and actually another of her working pupils owned and, owned and competed the little mare before Lucinda took her on. So that is going to be my favourite Burley winner. So we are going to have a quick look at this year's field and horses and riders who we think could win. I'm going to preface this section by saying that for various logistical reasons to do with the movements of the Horse and Hound Burley Dream Team, uh, we are recording this very early. The fact that this was very difficult to get in the diary is uh, evidenced by the fact that Gemma is actually sitting in her car at the Pony Club Championships <laughs> recording today. Um, but thanks for joining us from there, Gemma. Well done. Pleasure. Um, <laughs> but we are recording this early. We are recording before the British squad has been been announced for the world championships so i think we're going to have some probably horses who are likely to be going to the worlds in this pick a winner section and uh, we might be asking for some backups in case those 
horses end up diverting to Bretonia, not coming to Burley. So bear with us on, uh, on, on timings with this one. But I'm going to come to Martha first. Pick a winner, Martha. Oh, that is kind of you. Um, <laughs> because I think we were all going to say the same thing, um, which is that you can't really look past Veneer Camira. With, no, with that's Mark. not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I got right on there first. I mean, yeah. I would say Toledo de Cursa, but I think we all hope that he might have other challenges this, this autumn. But Veneer Camira is... I remember hearing both Piggy and Tom McEwen saying that what you need at Burley is heart. And that is what that mare has. She she has, you know, that's her greatest attribute. She's been laid out for this event and she's actually starting to get better with age. If if you can do that at 17, you know, the, did, I don't know if anyone saw her jump at um, Hartbury last weekend, but her double clear there, so fast, so good. And she, she just has so much presence. I think she's getting better in the dressage. I think she is a clear winner and she's already been second, second, fifth, I think. So, yeah, my money's on her all the way. Yeah, I think you've got a popular one there, Martha. I am going <laughs> to come to Lucy next. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to say, again, prefacing this, as you said, Pippa, with the fact that some of these horses might be off to the World Championships. I'm predicting it to be a bit of a scrimmage between Yasmin Ingham and Banzai Dura if they're not at Pretoni, and Ros Cantor and one of her two rides who are both full siblings, I think. Um, and again, if Ros is on the uh, nominated entries list with both of her Burley rides, so... I'm kind of hedging my bets quite a lot here, really, aren't I? But um, I think Penko's Crown Jewel, fourth at Bicton last year uh, with an uncharacteristic two down there, second at Bramham. I mean, looking at her record and she has everything it takes for this. On her other ride as well, of course, Lordship's Graffalo, such a good performance at Badminton where they were second there. Their record is just unbelievable. So I think that, I think it's going to be Ros's year. Yeah, Lucy, you're totally right. I was looking down the list of horses that I had selected as uh, potential winners for the Horse and Hound form guide um, before we were recording this podcast and uh, hoping, expecting maybe that Lordship's Graffalo will go to the Worlds. I did have my eye on Pencross Crown Jewel, who isn't necessarily the horse that's always pushing herself to the forefront, but she's got such good form. She's been so consistent. She is a half-sister Lordship's Graffalo. He is by right. Graff and Stoltz. Yep, he's by Graff and Stoltz, and she is by Jumbo. They're both out of a mare called Cornish Queen by rock king so both very much bred in the purple for the eventing game and yeah i agree that um this could be Ros's first sort of five-star win aside from obviously her world championships win four years ago Gemma, i'm coming yeah. to you next for your winner well i had four written down uh so top <laughs> then and three of them have already been said so anyway the top one for nick Mira, like martha said fourth babington this year second burley 2019 one babington 2019 fifth at burley in 2018 second burley tw uh, in, uh, at burley on, in 2017 i spoke to piggy after her um win at Hartbury last week and she said even though this horse is now 17 years old she is just getting better and better particularly on the flat um and then obviously as you've already said both of Ros's horses but if I'm gonna to have to say someone different uh let us not forget Oliver Townend um he's I think he's got four entered he can obviously only run a couple uh but my pick out at all of them would probably be Swallow Springs who obviously went well at badminton this year um and is a proper five-star horse and Oliver's won Burley before he knows the place well obviously so yeah 
that's my there you go that's my pick <laughs> yeah and on my list of winners I've got both potentially Swallow Springs and Ballamore Class very much expecting yeah. one of them will go to the world I think it'll probably be Ballamore Class but yeah he would definitely be one that's in the mix for the title if he doesn't I think so yeah former Burley winner okay well you haven't left me a lot of places to go girls well done um I'm gonna pick one who uh is maybe a little under the radar. I'm going to pick William Fox put in oratorio. William has won here six times. He holds the record, six different horses. William kind of breaks the t- statistics, and I know equity ratings hate him because he <laughs> he doesn't run the horses fast in their prep events. So he can, you know, the horses are generally underrated statistically compared to how good they are. He's the most old-fashioned horseman you can imagine in terms of prepping the horses for the big events and being all about the three-day wins. Oratorio is a he is a real burly type and William's always thought that. Um, he's by Oslo, who won at Five Star with William himself. He's had some good results at Five Star. He was 14th at Badminton this spring, but he's also had some bad luck. He fell at Kentucky last year in the spring, going really well near the end of the course. He had a nosebleed at Bicton last year and was pulled up. So he's probably, he's a better horse than his form suggests, I think. And I think William would agree. So bit of a dark horse, maybe. I'd hope I'd get a good price on him if I was betting on him. But um, I'm going to say William and Oratorio. Well, thank you, everybody. We're going to go around once more on this and pick out a horse and rider who you're looking forward to seeing, not potential winners, but tell us why you're looking forward to seeing them at Burley and why. And I can't remember who I've come to first and who I haven't, but I am going to come to Gemma first this time. Thank you. My, for me, it's quite an easy one. It's got to be Alice Casburn and Topspin, who they jumped double clear at their first five-star pole last year and were 19th at Babington this year with a quick cross-country round. And I think they just had one down mm. in the show jumping. But uh, Alice is in her, <coughs> excuse me, in her early 20s. Her mother bred this horse. Uh, they've sort of grown up together and... She is she is a class act. Her horse is obviously fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to seeing them tackle Burley's Hills. And actually, their most recent run, they won individual bronze at the Young Rider Europeans at Hartbury. So he's a special horse, I think. And she's definitely one to be looking out for. Yep, definitely a good one. Coming to you next, Lucy. Uh, for me as well, this is quite an easy one. I really, really like CHF Coolizer, who is one of Tom McEwen's rides here. She is a gorgeous chestnut mare. She was second at Poe last year and her dressage has been in the sort of 30s this season, which is possibly a smidgen above what you'd ideally be looking for for a win. But she can produce those sub-30 tests. She's a cracking mare. She's got heart of gold. And I, I don't think you should ever underestimate Tom McEwen as a competitor um, or, or of a producer of these top-level horses. Um, when I spoke to him after Poe, he, he had so many lovely things to say about this horse. And one of the quotes that he said was that she would dig deeper and go further than any other horse I'll probably ever meet. And I think that's, that's what you want at Burley. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch them go and tackle those Burley Hills. Yeah, special, special chestnut there, Eliza, as he calls her at home, CHF Kuliza. And Martha, one from you, please. Well, I'm not sure I'm allowed to, to pick one that's already quite up on the radar, but um, I just love to watch classic Moe go cross country. And I think, you know, she could actually win um, if conditions turn out. You know, she's a five-star win already. She's come third and fifth here already. So, but, you know, now she, I think she's 19 we're not going to see her run that much more and how special and how lucky we are to be able to watch these great horses 
um, go cross country and, and she's lightning fast. Um, she has an amazing relationship with Janelle. She's just, she's just a joy to watch and she makes you feel happy kind of watching her go cross country, she goes around with a smile on her face. So I'm really excited about her. How about yeah. you? Definitely. I'm going to pick one which is a special piece of Burley history, Phoebe Buckley and Tiger Male. So Phoebe was 16th here in 2008 on the Little Grey Mare, Little Tiger. A lot of people will remember her. She was barely more than a pony and often mistaken. People often thought that Phoebe was heading for the pony club jumping when she was riding her at Five Star. But she finished 16th here in 2008 at Burley. Um, there was a prize for embryo transfer for the best mare that she won that year. Um, that embryo transfer produced two horses, one of which is Phoebe ride at Burley this year Tiger Male. Their form is a little bit up and down and you know you wouldn't necessarily say that they are going to win but it would definitely be a very emotional result for a lot of people involved in in the, in the little tiger story and her breeding if uh, if they went well together there. Right ladies we're coming to the end of our Burley epic preview. Let's have a quick chat about what we're going to be doing during the event week which will also serve to tell the listeners what they need to look out for from Horse in Hand at Burley because there's going to be an awful lot of it. Um, Gemma you go first what is your uh, your Burley task? Yep so my Burley task this year is all things magazine report so um, goodness knows how many pages I've not got around to looking properly yet but yeah uh, talking to as many riders as I can on every every day, Wednesday to Sunday that I'm there, um, to bring you a lovely report, hopefully, on the Thursday after Burley. Mm, excellent. And Lucy, how about you? I'm going to be doing similar to what I was at Babington, which is bringing daily videos, features and some news roundups um, of all the action that's happening and uh, some of the behind the scenes sort of more in-depth stories as well. So those are going to be sponsored by Ariat and I can't wait. I've already got lots of ideas about who I'm going to be talking to this year. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, do look out for Lucy's videos. They were something that I think a lot of people enjoyed from badminton and can only grow from here. Martha, what about you? Pepper, I think we're working together, aren't we? Doing the, the web stories. So we, we are, we're, we're we a are. double act. <laughs> <laughs> we are on the same page. So we'll be doing, speaking to lots of riders in the mix zone after they've finished their various phases and writing reports up as quickly as we can to, so that people can read them kind of in the moment. Absolutely. So it'll be reports and we'll have some help from Gemma there as well with passing on some quotes and also features on interesting riders, first timers, grooms, all that kind of thing. So yes, Martha and I will be working together on that. We'll also pick up the Burley Young Event Horse Final on Friday, which is always a popular one. So I am also going to be hosting your Burley Daily Podcasts, which are supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. And uh, I think these three, Lucy, Gemma and Martha, will be joining me on those as well as my partners in crime. So if you can't get enough Burley, listen out for those Burley Daily Podcasts. Read everything on the website, watch all the videos and look forward to the magazine the week after. We will be talking, writing, bringing you all the news all the way through Burley. Thank you for joining me today, everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, thank you to Andrew and to all my horse and hand colleagues for joining me to preview Burley this week. Next week on the podcast, we'll be looking back at Scotland's premier horse trials at Blair and at the British Show Pony Society Championships, which of course we previewed on last week's podcast episode. The week after, on the podcast released on the 8th of September, we'll review Burley, so do check back in then, as well as following all our coverage in the meantime. Speak to you then. The Horse and Hound podcast is a Media Cage production.